You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is the Level Agency way. Hey, my name is Miles Biggs. And I'm Alan Reynolds. Alan and I are proud to be your hosts for this podcast. In each episode of Test, Learn, Grow, we'll be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing. So without any further ado, let's have one of those conversations and jump into today's episode. It seems we can't open a phone without seeing the words inflation, recession, or downturn littering our news channels and social feeds. High inflation, rising interest rates, and shaky economic activity combined with volatile markets have all raised the probability that the U.S. economy will in fact slip into a major recession, according to plenty of different economists. Some stuff to back that up. You know, In June, if you're watching the news, the consumer price index rose at an annual rate of 9.1%, which is the fastest annual rate since November of 1981. And everybody is feeling the effects of price increases on how far those paychecks go all across the country. In response to this, the Fed has been raising the short-term interest rates and selling securities to try to reduce inflation and slow all that shift in the economy. But this just increases the chance that we're going to experience recession. As marketers, we are no stranger to this. You know, we witnessed similar talk tracks during the Great Recession of 2008, and more recently when the entire world was turned upside down by COVID-19 in 2020. In many ways, we're still feeling what happened in 2020. And during times like these, it can be tempting for businesses to tighten the belt and trim just about every area of their budget to prepare for the worst. But data shows that cutting marketing is like the absolute worst thing a company can do. And we've got more stats on why that is coming up later in this episode. Here at Level, we've been having lots of conversations about the recession with our team members and our clients. And we wanted to bring a high-level overview to all of our podcast listeners as well. So today we're joined by our four Center of Excellence leads. These folks head up all the functional think tanks within level around media, creative, data, and client partnerships. So we welcome them all and thank them for joining. And Alan, I'm going to kick it over to you to, to get these conversations started. All right, let's dive in first with Mike Grabino, our Creative Center of Excellence lead. Mike, welcome. Hey, good to be here, everybody. Looking forward to picking your brain. So (laughs) consumers are being bombarded with negative and sometimes pretty scary messages right now. How should businesses consider making changes to their marketing messages at the moment? Or should they make any marketing messaging changes at all? Yeah, it's easy, I think, to sort of what Miles was talking about. It's easy to be really reactionary at this point in time and, and... to try to like reflect or remind everybody how negative the situation is. But I don't always think that that's the right tactic for your marketing messages, nor is it a a great idea to just like keep your creative exactly the same. I think that you have to like recognize the reality a little bit, but also, you know, our goal is to present people with options to like change their life or make something better in their life. Right. And so I think that understand and Understanding your your customer, like you you probably already have in your marketing. Hopefully, hopefully your creative already empathizes with your customer. But it's a, a great opportunity now to check back in with them. I would even say like re-empathize with them. You know, see what has changed in their life, see what the challenges are. Don't just keep your 
creative the same necessarily and ignore the world, but really try to figure out how you can present your customer, like meet your customer where they're at and then give them creative messages and, and visuals and, and opportunities to see like a better future to how to improve their, take their current situation and improve it. And I think you can do that, you know, if you're, if you're practicing empathy and using design thinking in your, in your marketing and how you're, you're generating creative is to really like go and talk to your consumers, see what's changed, see how the economy is affecting them and figure out ways in which you can connect the product or the service or whatever it is you're providing them. How do you, how do you connect that with where they're at now and the challenges that they're currently facing that maybe they weren't facing two years ago? Sounds like it's more critical than ever for that empathy approach that we talk about often on this podcast to deeply understand the problem facing the consumer and be very thoughtful in how you pose the solution, especially during financial turmoil. Yeah. And and also, I would say, don't lose your brand's voice in the process, right? So how would, you know, everybody's hopefully has like a, a very solid brand identity and brand voice for their company or their product. And so how would your brand voice react and meet them in this moment? So, you know, if your brand is generally like lighthearted and and funny, then there's probably ways to lift people up and make them feel good while also meeting them and, and recognizing the current situation that they're in without necessarily like tipping over into being like glib or, or, you know, cynical. So it's, you know, or if you have a very serious brand, you know, don't lose that in the moment by being too sad or too dour or something like that. But instead, you know, stick, listen to your brand voice and try to figure out if your brand was here right now and, you know, talking to you or talking to your customers about the situation and listening to them, how would your brand respond? So I think that it's, it's about empathizing and then also like sticking to your the personification of your own, your brand or your company. I know we're putting you on the spot here, Mike, but could you give us an example of that? I'm following you like academically, I get what you're saying, but if we had like message A pre-recession, message B in the middle of it, what would a shift like that look like? So I think you're, you are putting me on the spot, but it's good. <laughs> you know, it's, there are a lot of brands that, I don't know, let's take like a fast food brand, for example. If you look at them on Twitter, you know, brands like Wendy's or Arby's, like they have a very, they have a persona, right? They have a very specific point of view. And so if you're if practicing empathy, you realize like, oh, people might be doing, you know, and it's the pandemic, for example, it would be weird to, to not change your message to acknowledge like drive-through options or delivery options, right? And but it would be very easy for you to go too far and get too cynical or too funny and talk about like, you know, you never want to get off the couch and make them feel bad about like the, the things that, the, that we all have to go through in the pandemic. So it's, you know, I think there's always opportunities where it's like, hey, our brand would react this way. And we recognize our customers are feeling in a certain way. They're, they're maybe, they're looking for ways to make their their paycheck go a little further. So like if I'm Wendy's and I'm thinking, okay, like I'm a fast food restaurant, so I'm typically a little bit cheaper food option for folks. Like how do I make that into a positive thing and spin it as as a way of like, yeah, you can get more for your 
you know, you can get good food here and it's it's not going to break the bank, right? And you'll be able to go and get dessert somewhere afterwards or something like that. So there's, I think that there's ways to just recognize it. And again, just stick within your voice. So if your voice is funny or your voice is serious or your voice is mystical or magical, like don't lose that because you're trying to like reach for a new message all of a sudden. That makes sense. Yeah, it's acknowledging where people are at. That's where the empathy comes in. Like your dollar goes further here. Think another good example you bring up the pandemic. One thing, masks showed up everywhere in creative, mm-hmm. right? Now they're in commercials. It was in the creative, like acknowledging, like we get if you were actually on public today, you would have to have a mask on. And it's not like you're creating this world that doesn't exist in your ads versus the one they live in. And I think that's another way to bring it to the, the people's level. That's a good point. There were a lot of commercials I saw during the, like, it was weird to see commercials in the first six months of the pandemic where people weren't wearing masks, right? And there were mask mandates across the country and nobody updated their creative. And so it was just, it was, it was like a weird disconnect. I was like, what world are they living in? Cause it's not not my world right now. So, you know, and I recognize that like, and that's sort of why it's, it's good to be nimble and to think about these kinds of things like very quickly and, and iteratively. Right. So it's like, if situations are changing and I mean, let's hope that we don't go through another pandemic or, but now we're seeing this like recession coming. Right. And so we have time now to start preparing like, okay, how are we going to, maybe now's not the best time to like figure out how to market this, like, you know, hundred thousand dollar golden scooter, you know, but maybe there's a way to like figure out how we bring that message down and, and figure out how to pivot a little bit to to be more palatable to the current economic situation. Yeah. Great points, Mike. Appreciate your insights here. I'm going to kick it over to Tim Fitzgerald now, our media center of excellence lead, because Tim, all these messages that Mike is talking about are often supported by advertising spend. So as we think about the shift in creative and shift in messaging, are there any changes that we need to consider to our overall media mix and strategy when it comes to recession? Yeah, well, this is a quick podcast, and this obviously requires a lot of nuance. So I'm just going to give a quick overview. The, the thing that I'll say about your marketing spend is the thing that's important to us when we report out our marketing spend to our clients, and hopefully your internal teams or your agencies view it this way too, is that your marketing spend can be immediately tied to some return. Right. So if you're looking at your financials, you can should be able to directly tie your marketing spend to some return it's making for your business. Right. So that's why it is still incredibly valuable to your business because it has a direct ROI number to it. So instead of talking about like your budget specifically, what I want to do is talk to you about focus. Right. I don't in these specific situations, I would not recommend seriously cutting your budget. I would recommend focusing it in different ways. So the way we're going to talk about this is the maturity of your business. Are you a young startup or are you an established market player within your specific vertical and within your space? And then we want to talk about how competition has been moving within your market. I want to start out with mature businesses who are are in increasingly competitive markets. Right now is a really good time to shift your focus on customer retention. Taking those marketing dollars, building really, really smart nurturing programs, using social, using video, using email, all the channels that you can directly talk to your customers. Think about how you can add value, give them different things. Make sure that when the dust settles, that they're very happy with the way that you treated them throughout this difficult economic time. So... 
I'd positive. also imagine I'd also imagine Tim that this also increases the ability for brand you have a larger share of the pie, right? If if other brands are worried about spend, worried about the recession and pool their spend as we've seen historically, suddenly you have a much larger market at your disposal to pr- promote at continuity and brand stability. Alan, absolutely. I'd say you're reading off my notes, but my chicken scratch is impossible to read, so I don't think that's the case. But if we're, if you're in a mature if you're a mature business in a market where the competition is decreasing because people are either pulling back or they're moving their money elsewhere, now is that time for the market dominance, right? So if it's getting competitive, that's when we really want to focus on the customer retention. But if the competition is dropping out, now is the best time to really hone in and maybe your customer acquisition costs will be higher, but now is the time to be really dominant within that space. So go after those new customers, try to bring them in because if people are pulling out, people are a little trepidatious about the current economic environment. Now is the time to really win in that space. Now, from there, I'll go and I'll say the one place, and if, if, if you're in this situation, I'm not the first person telling you this, your investors are probably telling you this. If you're like a startup company in a highly competitive space, you, you sort of know what's going on. So I'm not really going to go into that too much. But if you are a younger company in a non-competitive space, now is the time to just stay the course, steady as it goes, try to find those wins and those niches that you can, and deliver as much value to the new customers that you generate in the short term as you can. So the main takeaway here is, again, we would not recommend cutting your media budgets at this time because, again, it can be tied directly to value it is driving for your company. So what you should do is you should take that budget and be very intelligent about which members of your audience you're focusing on, depending on where your business sits right now and where your market is. And just to drive home Tim's point with some data, though the internet was not around in the 1920s, spoiler alert, Post was the category leader at the time and ready to eat cereal. However, during the Great Depression, they cut back their ad budget and Kellogg's doubled theirs instead and then promoted a new cereal, right? So reaching new audiences, new customers with Rice Krispies, Snap, Crackle, Pop. Kellogg's profits grew by 30% and the company became the category leader position they've since maintained and dominated since then. So you have a real opportunity here that if you can even increase spend, getting much larger market share and acquiring new customers in a play of dominance. Yeah. And honestly, even if you can't increase spend, stay the course, you can change the conversation with your marketing team, your agency, whatever. When you have somebody buying your media, whether it's search, whether it is in display, CTV, the way that we used to talk about it was the optimizations that we're making, how much money do we save you, right? So for example, in a search campaign, you can negate users who are between the ages of 32 to 45, whatever. If that's not your audience, you should ask your agency, why are you spending money there, right? If you know that your audience are not avid news readers and they're more mobile gamers, that why are you spending money on those news placements versus mobile games, right? You can shift the conversation from how much are we increasing performance by instead talking about it as how much money are we saving you? That's a great example of how you work to that retention you mentioned, right? You focus on where people are actively buying and go deeper there is perhaps trying to break into one of those other segments that you're talking about negating if they're not already there. Chances are they're not going to start right now, right? Mm-hmm. So if we think about it, right? Media spend, it's an, it's an auction. 
And so if people leave, like Alan said, does that mean less people are bidding and it should be a little bit cheaper as well, Tim? And so you get more for your money right now? It depends, which is, I know the most annoying answer a media person can give you, but the sort of unanswered question is with the embrace of automation, automated bidding within these markets, within these platforms, it has yet to be seen the way that the market reacts to either people pulling out or people getting more aggressive around this time. So it should function as a true second price auction as it always has, but with the increase in automation, things aren't as directly one-to-one anymore. I just kind of think about it similar to the stock market, right? And we're talking about recession, money is an easy metaphor to bring in here where when the stock market goes down, you only actually lose that money if you sell when the market's down, right? But if you continue mm-hmm. to invest, you're actually purchasing the current stocks you're investing in at, they're like on sale, right? It's at a reduced rate. And then when the market comes back, then you have that increased value there. Similar lines can be drawn with your advertising spend, right? You're only going to lose that market share and that mind share if you pull out and stop, even though you're a little bit nervous, you can't let your emotions win here. Stay the course, like you said, continue to invest smartly. And then when things come back, you will have built up that equity with your customer base. And then you can reap the rewards when things turn back around. I would say essentially that's true. Yeah, I would agree with that. The only sort of caveat I'd make to be a little bit more specific is the difference between your example and what I'd say the reality is, is you aren't purchasing the customer, you're purchasing their attention. And if their intention isn't there, so attention and intention, hopefully my mic's good enough that it doesn't sound like I'm saying the same thing, but you can still purchase their attention and it might be cheaper, but at this point in time, their intention to buy your thing or engage with your product may be lower than you expect. So that cost increase might not initially directly impact your bottom line, if that makes sense. Well, yes. I mean, that's beautiful, Tim. You just made Mike's, Mike's point perfectly, right? It's why it's so critical to get that creative messaging right and deeply understand the, the consumer and their intent. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can make the most beautiful ad. You can get the perfect CPC, what have you, but you're still not going to get those end conversion results if you're not, your messaging isn't aligned with their true empathy and intent. Yeah, absolutely. So again, obviously this requires some more nuance and we'll probably be talking about this more and give some more specific examples and talk through what we've seen specifically in different verticals. But I think that overall, again, think about how the maturity of your business and have your marketing and research team get a gauge on how competitive the market is nowadays before you decide where you're gonna invest your money audience and tactic wise. Which leads us pretty nicely to my favorite math PhD and extraordinaire, Dr. Kyle, head of our data COE. Welcome, Kyle. Glad to have you with us today. Happy to be here. So let's just dig into it. What does the data say regarding media spend and recessions? I know that there's been quite a lot of studies on this topic. This is not the first time we've experienced a downturn. Can you share with us what historically happens to firms who invest during this time and conversely those that don't? Yeah, so we're all pretty familiar with the keep calm and carry on meme. So I want to I want to riff on that. So if I were to summarize what the data says, I would say it's keep calm, think carefully and be agile. So let me let me run through each of those three and then and then tie them into what the data says. So the first thing, 
and this is true anytime you're running a business, but it actually becomes more important in any sort of crisis or stress point is you have to be calm first. If you're not actually looking at the situation, engaging your intellect and asking critical questions, you're going to do dumb stuff. And in times of stress or crisis, whereas if you do something dumb in a normal time, it might not have serious ramifications. Here, it could have really serious ramifications. And actually, on the flip side, the data also shows very clearly there can be big opportunities in times of crisis. So you might make really bad errors and you also might miss really big opportunities. So before you do anything else, you have to relax. You have to come into this with the mindset that I'm actually going to think and get to the second point, which is think carefully. Tim, I think, showed exactly what the data backs up. No situations are the same. You have to think about the particulars and get. you can't paint this in broad strokes. It's fine if you're a macro economist and you're looking at the whole U.S. economy. No given client, though, needs to take that approach. They have to actually look into the particulars of their situation. One of the most important things you can do in any sort of data situation is before you try to get into the data, you need to get a framework for how to think about it. So I want to give people at least three things, three lenses through which to frame things when they're trying to think carefully. First, I would say you need to look at what sort of recession it is. So first off, everyone should be very clear on the be calm. We're not in a recession. It's not guaranteed we're going to go into a recession. There certainly seems like there's going to be something, but there's there's plenty of wiggle and there's a pretty big range of what people are predicting, even if we do go into a recession. You need to think now, obviously, people need to plan ahead, right? People aren't predicting trouble and nothing's going to happen. What is this recession going to look like? No two recessions are the same. This is going to be way different than, say, the the Great Recession of 08. It's probably going to be fairly different than 2020, although it might have some similarities. It's interesting to look at things like the recession of the 70s, the double-dip recession of the 80s, and say, which lessons can we draw and not draw? But you need to think about this particular recession. The worst thing you can do is, is look at other recessions that aren't applicable because their implications are going to be different. The second thing I would look at is customers. So you have to think about cohorts of your customers and group them based on how you think they're going to respond to the recession. So a classic, simple way to do that sort of grouping is to group them into four parts. You've got the slam on the brakes people. These are the people who, hey, as things get tough, they're going to be cutting back and changing everything. You've got the pained but patient people. So these are people who are feeling it, but they're probably going to weather it and their degree of slamming on the brakes will vary based on how severe things are or how long things go. Then you've got the well-off people, people who frankly aren't going to feel it much or aren't going to change much of any behavior. And a fourth, this isn't the only way, but the fourth cohort would be the live for today people. So these are probably your, your younger people who, you know, they're not thinking longer term, that they're, they're going to keep behaving fairly similarly, but for a different reason than the well-off people. Once you put cohorts on customers, then, and you've looked at what sort of recession you're expecting, or what sort of how the economy looks to you, then you got to look at your business and you got to think very carefully about, and this is this ties in exactly with what Mike was saying and things Tim was saying. What do we do? What is our brand? What's working? What's not? And from there, that leads into the third part. You know, keep calm, think carefully, and then it's be agile. So now that you've engaged your intellect, you've actually looked at these different things. Now you have to be willing to make some critical decisions. So Tim was highlighting all depends. Who are you in the market? What stage is your company? But it might be the time to put all the chips in the middle. You actually might need to, to invest big time. And there is plenty of data to show companies who they've recognized, you just cited one, Alan, a company recognizing that this was their time. And though it might go very much against the grain, we're going to push the chips in. 
that's not going to be true for everyone. There are other people who do need to be more selective. Sometimes you do need to pull back some, or oftentimes it's less pull back, but refocus. And, and Tim was highlighting, do you need to target, say, customer loyalty and focus on your core audience? We can't give one recommendation, but when you look carefully and you thought, then you got to be able to pull the trigger. I mean, one of, one of the more convincing things is that people that do invest or at least think carefully, they tend to come out much better. I mean, that, that's overwhelmingly true. We can get more into different specific cases, but by and large, you do want to invest, but you got to invest the right way for who and what you are. Thanks for your perspective, Kyle. Really appreciate it. Again, keep calm, remain agile. And what was the second one? Keep calm, think keep carefully, calm. be agile. Yeah, John. All right. And with that, we're going to send it over to our client partnership, COE, Amy. Welcome, guys. Great to have you on. So we've had quite a few voices here, quite a few lads sharing their, their opinion. When you hear all of this as client partnership lead, how do you think our client partners should consider adjustments for their overall marketing mix and strategy? Yeah, I think the my partners on the COEs have really summed up the individual approaches really well along with that macro view, but you know, so to add on to that, if we if we lift up and look across the entire marketing ecosystem and connect with our clients on what is driving their business today, married to demand that will likely persist in the marketplace into the recession and then bring focus into that, we, that's where we want to start. So what I mean by that is during a downturn, marketers need to balance the effort to pare down their operating costs while shoring up short-term sales. So what we'll do is back up and take a look across the entire marketing operations partnership with our clients and help them find those areas where they can perhaps dial down, not necessarily in media to Tim's point, but in other aspects of their marketing investment, focus in areas where the overhead cost is not so high so that they can realize some savings but also focus on long-term health benefits. So make maintain presence in the core products and services that they offer that represent their brand. To your point, Post made a fatal flaw there while Kellogg's ate, literally ate their breakfast. So this might result in streamlining product portfolios. It might result in streamlining messaging in the market to support those product portfolios. But one of the ways that we go about evaluating this is starting with the audience first. So revisit your audience strategy. Take the time to, to Kyle's point, to really understand that audience segment and their intention. And, and then reprioritize your campaign architecture and messaging maps to fit to that. One of the things that, you know, we want to do is always improve affordability and bolster trust in an ongoing way. So a really simple step to take is to do a, a, a quick SWOT analysis. So I know that's a little bit of an outdated term. But if you revisit what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what are the opportunities and what are the threats in the next six, nine, 12 months, then you can determine what is essential, what is a nice to have, 
what's postponable and what's expendable. And the key there is defining what's expendable. I, I had the good fortune of working on the launch of the iPhone during a recession. And, you know, Apple's approach to that was to say no to almost everything else and triple down on the iPhone and look at where that is today. That changed everything. So those are just some initial thoughts on the first steps that we would we plan and are taking with our clients. I love the SWOT analysis. I don't think that'll ever be outdated. It's such a useful tool. And when you when you say that, what I think to myself in my brain is it's it's kind of like you said, it echoes everything everybody else said, but it's mm-hmm. um, try not to be wrapped up entirely in what's happening right now and making an over over an over course correction or something, right? But sitting down and having that thoughtful analysis, you can think. What do I need to do today so that in the future, when this is behind us, like we're still where we want to be? We don't look back on this and say, oh my gosh, why did we do that or not do that? Like doing everything with intention when it comes to your strategies across the board, the entire business. Yeah. And of course, marketing is a part of that. Yeah, we, we have a great example for one of our clients who is in one of the most highly impacted industries, which is lending. So in a rising rate environment, we needed to really reassess what their messaging strategy need to be. We started by looking at search query volumes. So what what are their customers searching for right now? And what could we learn from that that could impact our overarching strategy? We did have a situation where the request was pull all the money out of the market. And we said, hang on, rising rates is not a reason to pull out of the market you have products and you have messages that actually support a rising a rising rate environment and can be a new priority where you haven't made them a priority in the past in your marketing because perhaps the margin, the profit margin on that is not as high. But now's a chance to, you know, focus there, test into whether or not that can resonate with the audience and light up that profit stream and see if they're, what we can learn from that. And that's exactly what we did. And we're seeing really good results so far for that client. It's a great example, Amy, pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Alan, looked like you were gonna say something. Go for it. I'm just tickled pink. It's, it's wonderful having the biggest and brightest mindset level all on one podcast. So if you find yourself listening to this and wondering, wow, everything they're saying makes complete sense, but I have no idea where to start, or I don't feel like we're adequately prepared with where we are now, please reach out to Level. We'd be happy and eager to work with you and make sure that you're capitalizing during this opportune time instead of falling behind and getting your cereal eaten by someone else. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we make it easy for you too. If you listen to this on the audio podcast, you can click the link in the show notes. We've got email address, phone number you can reach out to us on. If you're at all struggling with where to take your company next in the midst of all this, we'd love to reach out and we'd love to see you be of service. And if you're watching the video, I'm bringing all these smiling faces back on to wave at you and say goodbye. It's a pleasure hanging out with all these brave this morning. And we'll see you next time here on Tesla and Grow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tesla and Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information about what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency. And do not forget to rate and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is to test, learn, and grow.